Welcome to the Bible Answer Show, a live and lively forum that brings together pastoral and apologetic voices from across the Christian community to answer your scripture questions. Our show is hosted by Pastor Michael Lance of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, along with a panel of pastors and other invited guests. The phone lines are open now. So, you've got questions, we've got answers on today's Bible Answer Show. Good afternoon, and thanks for tuning in to the Bible Answer Show. You're kicking off your weekend right here at the Bible Answer Show. We are taking your calls live from 12 to about eh, 12.25 or so, towards the end of the end of the show. So uh, give us a call. we got a special day happening today. Uh, a few things, actually. Starting off with uh, Joe Kelly's birthday bash. It's Joe Kelly's Ooh. birthday, so everybody can uh, wish Joe Kelly a happy birthday. Hey, thank happy you. Birthday, so, uh, Joe. Celebrating his... Uh, uh, one of many birthdays that he celebrated throughout mm. his life. Yes. A many. Yes. Hard to many. count at this point. <laughs> uh, the second thing we got going on today is uh, the celebration of Michael Lance, uh, Pastor Michael, uh, shooting a tw- uh, 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 getting an 81, 81 today in golf. Yeah. How about that? And uh, the third is uh, Pastor Brian is here. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, Joe, uh, Pastor Brian wasn't feeling well, him and his family. So Joe said, you don't look so good, Brian. And Brian said, you look old, Joe. So... <laughs> It's kind of a touche well, thing. Well, he's right, and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Michael, I think we missed out on Black Hat uh, Friday as yeah, well. Yeah, apparently we didn't get the memo. Anyway, my name is Mike Massaro. I'm going to be picking up your calls today here at the show and handing them off to our team of pastors and other invited guests. Did you say it was Facebook Friday, too? It is Facebook uh, Facebook Live Friday, so you can actually watch the Bible Answer Show today. If you go to facebook.com slash Bible Answer Show you can watch the show live. You can uh, post questions to uh, the show, and we will answer them. Or you can uh, just watch it later. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to put a name to today, too. It's Facebook Friday, but it's also I Need Coffee at Noon Friday. Coffee at Noon so Friday. So there's my little A lot of people of need coffee. coffee at noon. Yeah. Hey, if you want to join us on the Facebook uh, page, we had uh, I, I mentioned we had about 250 views last time, and uh, they can go on live right now. Correct, Cameron? At the uh, Bible yes, they can. Show. And those of you that are watching, I'm working on the sound. For some reason, it's not working. So if I cut off, then I'll come back on for you. Okay, so Cameron has an extra microphone back behind the camera. And he said he does strategically place the microphone bars in front of our faces, <laughs> accusing us that we have faces for radio. Do so, have a face for radio. Anyway, yeah. there you go. Anyway, anyway, off to my left is Pastor Brian Richards. In front of me, the birthday boy, Joe Kelly. And off to my right, Senior Pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in Corona, California, Pastor Michael Lance. Mike, before we get to it, I'd, I'd like to just uh, invite our listeners to consider a year-end gift to the Bible Answer Show. We, uh, you know, it was not that many weeks ago, Mike, that we actually were saying to people, we're going to have to make a big decision about whether or not we can continue into 2017 with the Bible Answer Show. And we had some very generous gifts come in, guys, and we're... Very privileged to do this show. Um, when you give a gift, it does go to our radio airtime only. And so we're just going to say that if you would consider, if you're a, a person who believes in the power of radio to reach the lost, to equip the saved, would you consider a year-end gift to Living Truth Radio? Here's how you can do that. You can go to livingtruthradio.org, and you can click on the Donate tab, and just uh, make sure that you indicate that it's radio ministry that you're giving to on the PayPal and we really appreciate it because we um, we take seriously this platform. We like to have some fun, but we, we know there's a lot of really cool ministry that's going on. And if you've been listening in the last just few weeks, uh, I think you've 
heard some of that ministry, and maybe some of that ministry has come your way. And so please keep us in prayer. But if you can give, if you can partner with this program, that's how we're going to stay on the air in 2017. That's just the bottom line. And so it's livingtruthradio.org. Click on the donate button. Make sure you indicate radio. We appreciate all the gifts. We appreciate uh, all of your uh, well wishes and your prayers, guys. Uh, thank you for partnering with thank us. Thank you. I think you meant to say that's the Bible Answer Show, not the bottom line. That's a different show. Did I say the bottom line? You did. Well, well no, you said, and that's the bottom line, but <laughs> oh. it's not. It's the Bible Answer Show. Well, yeah, we're just giving Roger a little promo there. 1-800-227-5278. Give us a call. We've got some open lines. I don't know if you can see the call board, but uh, yeah, give us a call. We did get an email from Maria, and uh, she's actually got a couple questions here, and I'm going to read the first one. Uh, she says, thank you for your program. I was reading my Bible the other morning, and I came across the book of Amos, uh, chapter 5, verse 18. When this verse speaks about the Lord, is it the Lord Jesus? And why does it say that it will be the, be a day of darkness? Uh, is this uh, is this is this what we Christians are to expect the day of his return? It is interesting, Maria, um, because and hopefully you're listening. I know your question came in a few days back, but um, the day of the Lord is actually a concept that runs throughout the Bible. It's in both the Old and New Testament. Here's some places that you can look at the day of the Lord. You can look at Isaiah 13 verses six through nine, six and nine. You can look at Joel chapter two verse one. Joel 2.31, Joel 3.14. Uh, go back and um, catch the broadcast on the website if, you're, if I'm going too fast. Of course, you talked about Amos 5.18 and 20, Zephaniah 1.7 and 14, Malachi 4.5. And then even in the New Testament, we have it mentioned in 1 Thessalonians 5.2, um, 2 Thessalonians 2.2, and 2 Peter 3.10. And the day of the Lord is a day of judgment. Now, I do believe that sometimes we have foreshadowings of the ultimate day of the Lord. And in fact, I'm teaching the Olivet Discourse guys on Sunday morning right now, and we're talking about the day of the Lord there as we go through the Olivet Discourse in Mark 13. And just a side note, if you'd like to join us on Sundays, we have 9 and 11, 15 a.m. services here at Living Truth, and you can find out information and directions at livingtruthradio.org. So if you don't have a home church, come on out and listen to the uh Part two on a teaching of uh, the Olivet Discourse, uh, basically the parallel to Matthew 24. Okay, so the day, that's the day of the Lord. It's the return. I believe it's the return of the Lord to judge the unrighteous and to rescue the righteous. Um, and so there's there's some different views on you know everything that's going to happen there. And is it a literal 24-hour day? I don't think so. I think it's just God's day. I think it's the day when he... Uh, you know, judges righteously. He's fixed a day, Acts 17, when he will judge the world in righteousness. He's given evidence of this by raising Jesus from the dead. So uh, the day of the Lord is going to be a day of darkness to those who don't know God, those who are unrighteous, those who have not obeyed the gospel, received Jesus Christ. Uh, it will be a, a joyous day where our redemption has come, Maranatha, uh, for those of us who uh, belong to the Lord, but it will be a day of darkness and not a day of light for those who don't know the Lord. And so it is certainly a day of judgment, Joe. And Pastor, in this particular verse of this context, um, isn't this speaking um, about the Assyrians coming in and conquering as judgment? God uses them as, as judging his people? 
I think there's often a near far fulfillment in the day of the Lord, Joe, and we, we've touched on that in previous broadcasts uh, regarding prophecy, and we've touched on that even on the Sunday morning teaching I did from Mark 13 and other places. So it could have fulfillment there. I don't know if it specifically says there in the earlier chapters of Amos, uh, maybe you came across it, but it's possible that it was fulfilled in part there. But the, the ultimate day of the Lord, and this is part of Maria's question, is, is she, she's saying, well, who's coming? Well, you know, it's interesting because when you look at who's coming, I think it does say that both the Father and the Son are coming in different passages. Don't have them right in front of me. But we know Jesus is coming again. Specifically, Jesus has promised his second coming. I will come again and receive you to myself. So the one who's coming in judgment is Jesus. And how that all works out in terms of the triunity of God, you know, maybe you guys have some thoughts on that. But yeah, Jesus is coming again to judge the living and the dead and to rescue his people. And so, yes, Maria, I would say that, uh, yeah, specifically Jesus is coming. Would you guys add anything to that? Well, even in Amos's day, you know, they had this uh, this idea that God was going to come back and restore the nation of Israel, you know, to its military glory and, you know, possibly back to like how it was under David and Solomon. Uh, yet what God's doing here is rebuking them, saying, hey, the day of the Lord is not something you should be excited about. Um, possibly God meant that because some of pe- some of the people in Israel were going to be would be judged in the day of the Lord, um, or it, it's you know God's just telling us it, we're not supposed to enjoy watching people suffer. You know God doesn't take any pleasure in seeing even the wicked suffering, and and neither should we. So it was a rebuke against Israel for wanting to see uh, evil happen to others. And Brian, I think it's an interesting thing. We've probably talked about it before when we've all been teaching. When you think about the second coming of Jesus Christ, what does that do in your heart? Does it does it give you an excitement, not because you're wanting the the wicked judge, but that you know you're going to meet the Lord, right? You know there's going to be a face-to-face encounter. Or does the idea of the second coming of Jesus Christ frighten you? Does it make you want to, does, do you think about five things that you need to clean up in your life right now? Skeletons that are going to fall out of the closet when you open up the closet. So I think the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ can have a way of smashing idols in our lives because when he comes, you know, he's going to judge and he's going to judge righteously. Now, uh, our sins were judged at the cross, so don't get us wrong here. When he comes, uh, there's not judgment for his people. We have not been appointed to wrath. So it will be a day of wrath for those who don't know the Lord, and I believe a day of rescue for those who do. All right. The number here at the Bible Answer Show is 1-800-227-5278, 1-800-227-5278. We've got some open lines. So if you want to get that call in before the weekend, now is your chance. Give us a call. Uh, the second part to Maria's question was uh, also, was Moses really Moses' name, or did he get it? Uh, through Pharaoh's sister. Uh, uh, Thank you very much for teaching and your time. All right, Maria. Well, another good question is, is this Maria from Riverside? This is Maria from uh, Does Not Say. Okay. Um, Here's the best I can do with that one, Maria, is I'm going to read from a commentary, and this is actually from Philip Graham Riken on the book of Exodus. And it's interesting. I happen to be teaching through Exodus on our Thursday morning men's study. And we do a Thursday morning men's study here at a local restaurant. 
And uh, here's what Riken says. He says, one good reason for believing in the, in the historical Moses is his name, which sounds like the Hebrew verb to draw out, which is mashah. Pharaoh's daughter seems to have known some Hebrew, for it was uh, she who named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water, Exodus 2.10. So it was Pharaoh's daughter who gave Moses the name Moses. Not Pharaoh's sister? Uh, That's what she was asking. Well, I think it's, here it's Pharaoh's daughter. So right. that may just be, uh, maybe she just had that wrong. I'm not okay. sure. But her Hebrew needed a little work, however, says Riken, because Moses literally means he who draws out of. Unwittingly, Pharaoh's daughter gave the child a name that hinted at his destiny. Just as Moses himself was drawn out of the water, so he would later draw God's people out of Egypt through the sea. What is interesting historically is that Moses also fits the Egyptian pattern for names in the royal court. The Hebrew name Moses sounds like the Egyptian word mose or mos, which is derived from the verb to bear or to give birth to. The pharaohs often combined it with the name of a god, and uh, as in the name of Thutmos, which uh, means born of the god Thoth, or Ramses, the, the sun god. Uh, so, the name Moses, therefore, has a double etymology that fits the historical context and thus provides further confirmation for the presence of Israel in Egypt. And Riken is addressing there, guys, that some people deny that there was ever an Egyptian bondage, that the Hebrews were there, that there was a historical Moses. And so that's, that's how he's coming at it. So I had a good friend, Mike, actually asked me, a, a guy who's a good student of Scripture, Oscar Santa Cruz, we talked a little bit about the origin of the name of Moses a few years back, and we were kind of wondering the etymology because of the way that Moses' life went and the Pharaoh's daughter took him into her household and, and so forth. But Moses' mom was still involved. So it, it is quite interesting that there, there may be a double etymology, and that simply means origin of his name. And it probably comes maybe a little bit from both Hebrew and Egyptian, but it does speak of Moses' destiny. Hey guys, this is the Bible Answer Show. We're on Facebook Live. If you want to go to uh, our Facebook uh, page, it's under the Bible Answer Show on Facebook. Go there right now if you want to participate in the video side of this program. It's kind of fun to see us here in the studio, and we'll give you another wave. Just go to Facebook, go to the Bible Answer Show. And one other thing, if you want to call right now and you've just gone out to lunch, uh, we do have open lines. We want to encourage you to call. This is a program for you. We do take Bible uh, questions or questions about world religions, the cults, the occult. Please call right now, 800-227-5278. One more time, write that, now, write that number down. Share it with someone that you know, 800-227-5278. All right, guys, I'm going to jump back into the grab bag here. I'm going to get a little uh, maybe controversial here. Is it okay to baptize infants? Okay, well, it's Joe's birthday, so I'm going to... Happy birthday, Joe. Happy birthday, Joe. Go ahead and answer that, would you? Well, I think the, what we need to ask ourselves is what is the meaning of baptism or what is the purpose of baptism? And in the New Testament, we baptism is a picture. It's a uh, physical description of an, uh, what's happened to us internally. So when somebody is baptized, they are uh, put under the water and then brought up again as a picture of being put down as in the grave, brought up into new life. So 
in the New Testament, people got baptized as a response to the gospel message and uh, the fact that Christ died on the cross, was buried, and rose again. So throughout the book of Acts, we see those that responded to the gospel message, and then they would then get baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I don't think that we can find anywhere in Scripture that uh, instructs us to baptize infants. And, you know, in uh, some of our, <clears throat> some of the other, some of other religions such as Catholicism, uh, perhaps Lutheran, uh, some Presbyterians, Orthodox, Orthodox, uh, they view baptism and uh, they, they view it as a sacrament. We view it as a sacrament. However, they view it as uh, perhaps imparting grace, where in uh, Protestantism, grace is bestowed on us as a response to the gospel message by placing our faith and trust in Christ. That's the grace. In those uh, religions that we were talking about, baptism now actually bestows the grace. It's the act itself. So in their mind, they, ha they need to baptize infants because it's the first step on the path to sanctification. It's like a washing of original sin. And that infant, that child, is now uh, washed from their original sin, and they can uh, now live their life in good standing in front of God. And Joe I, I, and Brian, I think that when we look at subjects like this, we're trying to measure them by the biblical text. We do know in church history, you know, infant baptism was practiced. We know that some of Orthodox uh, denominations do practice infant baptism. So to answer the question, Mike, I don't think it would be wrong, but I think we'd have to ask the reason for it. Um, do you think that it's going to have some, is it going to bestow grace on that child? And what is the act, actual, the means of, actually the means of grace? What brings grace into one's life? Is it water? Is it uh, an act of, of, uh, of baptism? You know, there's some people that's, that argue yes. We're going to say we don't see a biblical text that supports that. Really, the argument is, is inferred from some biblical right. text. It's not really there clearly. And so when you hear about believer's baptism, you hear, Mike, that you know people get saved and then baptism becomes the first act of obedience in response to a salvation that's already occurred. Whereas on the flip side or in other camps, they might say, well, uh, this is a step or a means of grace. They, they do see it that way. And, and within Protestantism, those that do baptize uh, go back to uh, the idea of a covenant, and so they would say that, you know, um, the children of Israel, uh, the males would be circumcised on the eighth day, and that was a sign of God's covenant, a sign and a seal. And then they would translate, translate that over into the New Testament and say that as, as they did it, we do it. We do it with our uh, children. It's a sign of the covenant. They live under and within our household, and therefore there's blessings on them because of that. Right. So, you know, I, I think the way to answer your question, Mike, is uh, the question that was in the mailbag there is, is you really have to ask yourself why you do what you do when it comes to anything that you do. Do you, do you have a Bible verse for it, and uh, how do you back it up? Right. And w what's the reason? So, But, Pastor, what would you say to those that would ask, do we have to be baptized to be saved? 
I would say uh, no. Uh, the Thief on the Cross is one good example. Uh, however, I would also highly encourage baptism. And I would ask somebody, why don't you want to be baptized? Right. And if someone is, is resistant, Brian, to baptism for whatever reason, what would you say to that person? Wouldn't it bring up a question in your mind about, did they misunderstand something or what's their hesitation? That's how I would go at it. Yeah, when you look at the book of Acts, um, you, you almost see immediate baptism after somebody puts their faith in Christ. It was basically the next step mm -hmm. after they trusted in Christ. They, they, they were baptized right then and there. And so my answer would be, we get baptized because Jesus told us to. And we get baptized because of the picture that you painted of the gospel. And because of what Brian said, in the book of Acts, it's almost an immediate uh, first act of obedience. And really, scholars like to say identification is a big word with baptism. You identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. But I also believe that you're identifying not only publicly with Christ, but with his body. And I think that's an aspect of baptism as well. The, the identification is a public declaration. I belong to the one who died and rose for me. I'm identified with him. But I think you're also identifying with the body of Christ. And so that's important. So I would say to somebody, there's no reason that you shouldn't be baptized. I don't think baptism saves you. Christ saves you. But I think uh, you do it to identify with him. All right. We're going to go to the phone lines. Uh, Maria in Riverside. Uh, Pastor Michael was just talking about you. And here you are. You're on with the Bible okay. Answer Show. <laughs> that wasn't me, by the way. But oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> um, happy birthday, by the way. Thank and, you. Um, first of all, can I make a comment on what you were just saying about people not getting baptized, why they don't? Yeah, go ahead. Um, because I know the one reason my mom doesn't is because she believes that when she was a child and she was baptized, she just feels that being baptized again is going to take away from that and just all of a sudden break a bunch of stuff about other people being baptized again. And so she just won't do it. But anyways, um, and she is saved. So my question today was, um, what about parents and when they get older? What does it say in the Bible about that, about taking care of them and stuff? Joe, I think, um, again, I, I, it's your birthday, so I'm going to defer to you. But, but I think that this uh, would be a good question for you to chime in uh, on right now, about taking care of parents as they get older. I think we have a, a tremendous responsibility, as long as it's within our power and our means, to care for our parents. It's, uh, I mean, what better way to, to love our parents, to show the love of Christ, than to invest in them? Um, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, we have, a, we have a quickly aging population in this country. We think about the baby boom generation and moving into uh, beyond the, the uh, retirement years. And our country is going to see a sort of an up, upside-down flip where... The majority of the population is going to be um, in retirement age and beyond, and it's going to put a huge strain on our uh, social services, on our insurance services, on medical care. And I think it's something that uh, families need to think about, that siblings need to think about. I'm fortunate to have three siblings, and we've been able to sort of share in that responsibility uh, with my mother. and. Uh, I'm just thankful that we're able to do that. But I know that uh, we're told in the New Testament that we need to care for our immediate family. Yeah. Well, in, uh, here's a couple of scriptures, Maria. 
uh, Mark 7, verse 10, Moses said, honor your father and your mother, Mark 7, 10. And he who speaks evil of father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or his mother, anything of mine, you might have been helped by is Corbin, that is to say, given to God. You no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother. Thus, verse 13, invalidating the word of God by your tradition, which you have handed down, and you do many things such as that. So it's an appeal back to honoring your father and your mother. And interestingly enough, when Jesus was on the cross, what did he do? He entrusted the care of his mother to John. Now, we believe, uh, Maria, that when Jesus was dying on the cross, we have good evidence at that point that Joseph is no longer alive. And one of the reasons is because Jesus says to John, in essence, take care of her. So you can see from the very Son of God that he was concerned about his earthly mom and gave care to John. I think Mark 7, 10 through 14 and then that statement from Jesus on the cross, Brian. Paul also addresses this in 1 Timothy chapter 5. He says, uh, 1 Timothy 5 verse 4, But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. goes on to say in verse 8, But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Wow. So, Give that address one more time, First Timothy. <laughs> yeah, that was First Timothy chapter 5, verse 4 and verse 8. Great. So, you know, right there, Maria, I think you have some really good verses to go on. And, and, and of course, I think this is the heart of the gospel. The heart of the gospel is to love. It's to love others, uh, really, more than you love yourself. And who, who should we be loving, guys, more than our immediate family? I mean, we should love everybody, of course, but if we can't even love our parents or love our spouse, we, we've got to take a closer look at our hearts. I know it gets hard sometimes with all the pragmatic, practical side of things, but in the end, this is how we express love, and maybe this is... Well, you know, love is best expressed when we're challenged a little, when it stretches us a little. And so this is the Bible Answer Show, and we're down to about 45 seconds left. So today on Joe's birthday, Joe, I'm going to give you the final word. Maybe you can, uh, whatever is on your heart to share with the listening audience, it's yours. Well, we have Christmas coming up. We're celebrating the birth of our uh, Lord and Savior. I mean, all of history is uh, pointed directly at the cross, and without the uh, incarnation, without the God-man walking this earth, a sinless life, if for that we would have no way to be reconciled to a holy God. So I'm thankful for that. Spread the word, spread the love, spread the good news of the gospel. May the Lord be with you. All right. Hey, the Bible Lance Show is produced by Shane Lance and Cameron Thomas. Also doing Facebook Live. Thanks, Cameron. Way to go, Cameron. <laughs> Hey, the Bible Answer Show is a listener-supported ministry, so if you want to help keep us on the air like Pastor Michael was talking about earlier, you can go to livingtruthradio.org and click the Donate button. Thanks to all our callers. Thanks to Tamara, who was screening our calls today. Have a great weekend, and we will catch you next week on the Bible Answer Show. Wave at the camera, Brian Turner. Wave. (laughs) Hey. Thanks for joining the conversation on The Bible Answer Show. To find out more about the radio ministry, Michael Lance, or the church he pastors in Corona, Living Truth Christian Fellowship, visit livingtruthradio.org. Please tell your friends about us and invite them to join us any weekday here on Cape Right. And if they have questions, we'll have answers. 
on the next Bible Answer Show.